Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for the lives of our friends. We thank you for everything you've done for us from the beginning of the year until now. In the name of Jesus, as we're about to discuss your word, we pray that may you grant us the grace to understand and most importantly, apply the principles in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. I don't know, if you, if you can sing the song, just help me sing. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. You are wonderful. You are worthy, Lord. You are wonderful. You are Oh, you are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are wonderful. You are the Thank you, Jesus. Just name pray thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So, um, we have a very short discussion this morning. And um, the, the title of the presentation is A Child Was Born, But the Son Was Given. Amen. A child was born, but a son was given. Um, for the past two Sundays, Pastor has been teaching us about. <coughs> the essence of Christmas or why Jesus came and um, he has taught us a lot so I, w- I want us to conclude um, the Christmas message with this topic a child was born but the son was given Okay. so of course you see this in Isaiah chapter 9 and the verse number 6 if you are there and open your Bible to Isaiah 9 6. Isaiah 9 and the verse number 6. Now, before I even read Isaiah 9 6, I'll read Isaiah 9 1 and 2. Then I'll skip to 6. Then we will see something. Now he said, Nevertheless, the dimness, that, that means that the, the darkness, shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of zebulon and the land of naphtali and afterwards did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond jordan in galilee the nations you may not understand what he's trying to say verse 2 the people that walked in in darkness 
have seen a great light. Now, the verse 1 is saying that there was this sect of people who were living in the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. And they were tormented, in this case, by their physical enemies. So they were tormenting the people of Zebulun and Naphtali. And the Bible describes it as they walking in darkness or they staying in darkness. So the verse 2 is saying that the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. Hallelujah. Hmm. You see in verse 3, thou hast multiplied the nations. And not increase the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvests. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Verse 4. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden. And the staff of his shoulder. For the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. And the garment rolled in blood. For this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. So this then brings us to for unto us a child is born. Hallelujah. So he is telling us that the reason why the child was born <laughs> was because of what happened from as I read from the verse one all the way to verse five. That there were some people who were in darkness. There were some people that were afflicted. There were some people that were with yokes and with burdens and with staff upon their shoulder. They were oppressed by the oppressors. And he's saying that they won the battle with confused noise and with their garments rolled in blood with fuel of fire. Then he said that the reason why the child was born was to deliver these people who were in darkness. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, that's justice, and with justice from henceforth, even forever, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And the Lord sent a word into Jacob and it has lighted Israel <laughs> hallelujah there are a lot of things to, to to be discussed in the context of Isaiah 9 when it comes to the Messianic prophecy that is Isaiah who lived almost 700 years or even more before Jesus was born was prophesying to the people of Israel and he gave them this prophecy that there is a time coming when a child will be born but a son was given hallelujah so though outwardly what we see is Mary giving birth to a child what ultimately was happening was that God the Father was giving his son amen so the two things are different okay so the child and the son though it's all referring to jesus christ 
when you talk about him being the child, that is how we see him from the outside. What we see is that Mary has given birth to a baby boy who is a child. But what is happening is that this, this child is a son. He's a son of the father. Amen. Amen. So the child was born, but the son was given. The son was not born. The son was what? Given. So Mary gave birth to a child. But God the Father gave the son. He didn't give birth to the son. He gave the son. Amen. That means that within the child was the son. Amen. So when you see Jesus, the baby Jesus lying there, don't be deceived to, to be thinking that he's just one of the, the little children that have been born. Within him is God the Father giving us his son. So the child then becomes the medium through which the son was given. Amen. That's why he's saying that unto us. You know, we've been saying this over and over and again, and, and I don't know whether we understand the implication. For unto us, a child was born, but a son was given. Amen. So, that, that's going to be the, the, the sermon. The son was given. So, what I'm going to do is that we are going to go back to Matthew chapter 2 and read the whole Matthew chapter 2. The Christmas story once again. And then we are going to look at the implications. So, let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, before I go there, let's look at Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse... 13 to 16. Either Matthew 4. So this is after Jesus was born, okay? But I want I want us to look at something over here. After Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights, when he came back, verse 11 is saying that then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the border of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled by that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, so you see over here that he's, he's going to quote Isaiah 6 verse 1, what we said. So when you, when you read in Isaiah 6, Isaiah chapter 9, and we saw that he said the people were in darkness in the shadow of death okay and he, he, he went to say that for they have seen the light the great light okay so he's saying in Isaiah in Matthew 4 13 that and leaving Nazareth he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentile, that the people which sat in darkness saw great lights. Hallelujah. And them which sat in the regions and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. So, what he's saying here is that when you go back to Isaiah chapter 9, okay, it was a prophetic declaration that Jesus was coming down 
and he was going to act as a great light so that people who are living in darkness when we talk about those who are living in darkness we're talking about those who are living in sin amen so jesus came one of the reasons why jesus came or one of the reasons why the son was given was so that the son would become the light of the world hallelujah so that those who are living in darkness as i've said if you say someone is living in darkness we are saying that the person is living in sin so what isaiah was saying is that the reason why the child was born and the son was given was so that the child would become the light of the world the child would deliver people from their sins hallelujah that's the main reason why jesus came to act as the light of the world now i don't want to go into into details okay um i would have taken us to the book of genesis and we, we would have looked at what 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 god created on day four okay I want, I want you let's just look at that in genesis chapter one and the verse number 16. say that um of course on the fourth day on the fourth day we are talking about the fourth day god made two great lights the greater one to rule in the day and the lesser lights to rule in the night and he made the stars also okay so if you if you if you read it like this people a lot of people think that what we are saying is that on day four god created the sun and the moon okay you can interpret it as that okay but you see over here that he uses the word greater lights and that's the same word we see isaiah isaiah used that those who sat in darkness have seen the great lights so what what we are saying here is that though on the on the fourth day god created the sun and the moon okay when you go a bit into details and we consider the fact that the bible says that one day is a thousand years okay then four days will be what four thousand years if one day is a thousand years in god's eyes then two days will be two thousand years three days will be three thousand years four days will be four thousand years okay so what god was telling us by creating the sun on the fourth day was to tell us that four thousand years after adam's son he was going to bring the great light into the world and who is the great light jesus hallelujah so you can read it if you don't know this you just read the creation story oh the one god created you know um how do you call it the you know heaven and earth which is even not correct okay then the two god separated the firmament from the seas then the three god created the dry land then the four god created the sun and the moon but that is one of the implications so that's one reason why the sun was given was so that those who sat in darkness he will come there as the great light hallelujah let's go to our matthew chapter 2 and the verse number one this, this is the creation story so what was happening was that mary was nine months pregnant and in in matthew 1 we saw that mary was a virgin mary was going to was going to get married to joseph but they were not yet married so god decided that through the virgin mary he was going to put in her jesus christ amen, amen. why was mary chosen the question is that why is that of all the women in israel at that time mary was chosen mary being chosen implies that she met a certain criteria because god just did not just come and say, okay, I'm putting this in Mary, okay? The, the first criteria was that Mary was a virgin. 
Okay? And that talks about purity. That talks about holiness. That talks about someone who was not stealing, someone who was not backbiting, someone who was not insulting, someone who was not living contrary to the word of God. She was someone who was living a pure and a holy life. She was a virgin. Not only virgin in terms of the outward virginity, but the inward virginity. That talks about holiness. And that was the reason why God chose her. To become the mother of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it was a privilege. But Mary getting pregnant also brought an issue because no one will believe. For example, if you go and get pregnant right now, you go and tell your mother that an angel came to you know, tell you that you get pregnant and you got pregnant. Do you think your, your parents will believe? No. Even though your parents know the story of Mary, if you go and tell them <laughs> that an angel appeared to you, okay, and the angel overshadowed you and you got pregnant, no parent in this dispensation will believe you. Because since Mary, Pregnancy is true sex. <laughs> Amen. It's not by drinking water or um, uh, just mere words. So then, the punishment, you see, we, we do not know the extent of this, but the punishment for getting pregnant before marriage was being stoned to death. Was being stoned to death. So Mary risked being stoned to death. Hallelujah. That was the punishment. If you go and get pregnant without getting married, they are going to stone you to death. So that was what Mary was facing. So, of course, we know the story. The angel appeared to Joseph and then, um, how do you call it? Um, explained the whole thing to Joseph. But that brings us to chapter 2. So what was happening was that there was going to be a census. I'm sure we all know census. Where people are going to get count, counted, okay? So they had to travel from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem, which was the capital town. So when they got there, that was when Mary actually went into labor and she delivered. But there were no spaces over there. Of course, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Mary going to a hotel. They are telling Mary that. Mary who is carrying Jesus Christ, the Son of God, telling her that there is no space for you here. Do you know why? They both didn't know what she was carrying. Are you seeing it? In the, in the same way, you see, you might be in, you know, pe- people don't know, that's what is called potential. People don't know the potential that you are carrying. So they will treat you anyhow. Are you seeing it? Like the way they were treating Mary, Joseph will go here, there's no space, there's no space, there's no space. Because they didn't know what she was carrying. Okay? But you see, even if people don't respect you because you've not achieved much, that is actually what is called actuality. When you look at your life now, you might not have, have achieved much, okay? But God does not only look at your actuality. What God looks at is your potential, what you can become. Amen. Amen. And people don't look at potential. People, people just look at actuality. And you have to become a person that you're able to look at someone and look beyond the person's physical appearance now. Okay, and you should be able to see the person's potential. Now you see this person, this person will be a great person. And you don't treat the person anyhow. Have you seen it? The way they were treating Mary anyhow was because they didn't know what Mary potential potentially was carrying. Amen. 
So now, after the delivery, Jesus was born, Matthew 2. Let's all look at it. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came three wise men from the east, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and we have come to worship him. So pastor taught on this last week. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Why was he troubled? He was troubled because Herod was a king that the Roman, you know, at that time, the Romans had colonized Israel, just as the British came to colonize us. And they had picked their own king. So they had picked Herod to become their king. Amen. So when Herod heard that the one who was born king has come, Herod was afraid that, hey, maybe this person is coming to dethrone him. So Herod was afraid. That was the reason why Herod wanted to kill him. Okay, verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, so now Herod went to call all the chief priests of Israel and the scribes, and he asked them that where is this king born? The one who is Christ, where should he be born? Then they went back into the Bible, the Old Testament. Then they read and they saw, verse 5, they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophets. So the reason why they got to know that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem was because when Herod asked them that where is this king, they went back and read the Old Testament. Hallelujah. He said, for it is written. In Bethlehem, for it is written by the prophets. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the prince of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and he shall rule my people. Amen. Amen. So here he was quoting from. <clears throat> he was quoting from the Old Testament, and we can see that in the book of um, Micah 5, verse 2. So when you go back to Micah 5, 2, you see it over there. Is that but thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, who is going to be the ruler. So when they came to him, when, when Herod brought the, the scribes, the chief priests, and they asked him that where is Jesus going to be born? They went back and they read the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, and they saw that it is stated over there that the one who is supposed to come shall be born in where? Bethlehem. So before Jesus even came, there were about thousand prophecies about him. When you read the book of Micah alone, you, you get almost more than 50 prophecies about the birth of Jesus Christ. And this was one of them. Amen. Let's go back to Matthew 2. Okay. So Herod then called verse 7 privately the wise men and asked them what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem so it was even Herod who sent the, the, the wise men that they should go to Bethlehem because the Bible has stated that the child shall be born in Bethlehem so they told that they should go and search for the child when you find him bring me word again that I may come and worship him also so we know he was lying he wanted them to come and tell him where the child was born then he would go and kill him right so when they, when they heard the king, they departed. Lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it stood over where the young 
child was. Are you seeing it? Did they say where the baby was? The young child. Okay. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they, come in, when they came into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary. They fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented unto him gold, frankincense, and what? May. Did they say the wise men were three? No. I don't know why, why they lied to us. That. <laughs> the three wise men. Hey. The three you see, gifts. it was the gifts that were... It was three gifts that were... You know, I, I don't know where it came from that the three wise men. It's not stated all true. It, it always says what? The wise men. The wise men. The, there was nothing that said the three wise men. The fact that they opened their gifts and they mentioned three gifts never meant that they were they were three wise men, okay? Apparently they were even a lot. They they came as a troop. Okay, with a lot a lot of them. Okay. So verse five. Of course, I don't want to go into the meaning of, of the gifts. So and being one of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own ways to another country. And when they departed, lo, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise! And this is where the, the message is. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And he arose and he took the young child and his mother by night. And they departed into Egypt. And they were there until the death of Herod. That it might be fulfilled by the prophets. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken of the, of, of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Amen. Amen. Now, this is, the, this is the issue. Okay? And I'll, I'm almost ended. What he's saying here was that when God, you know, appeared to Joseph, he told Joseph that, Wake up, send the child into Egypt. Hallelujah. <laughs> we will see later on. That Herod asked them to kill all the children that were what? Two years and below. Did you ask, why didn't he say one year and below? And he said, all the children in Bethlehem at that time, all the male children that were two years and below, they killed all of them. Can you see the wickedness? Two years and below. Of course, the reason why they said two years and below was because. The scribes had read the Bible, and of course, they had told them that from, from the time that the wise men saw the star till that time, it's two years. Okay? So, if, if Jesus was born at the exact time when they saw the star, then approximately he would be two years. So, they didn't want to leave any, any chances. <laughs> they didn't want to leave any chances. So, Herod told them that, okay. If this is the, the situation, then go and kill every child. That's two years and below. But the nice part was that God had told 
Joseph to send a child away. You see, the advantage we have with God is that God is omniscient. And God is omnipotent. And God is omnipresent. Before the enemies make any decision, God has seen it thousand years <laughs> or even eternity years ahead. Hallelujah. The comfort to us is that we should not be worried in life. You see, most of you are not. If you are a child of God, just as Jesus was a child of God, then I came to comfort you that whatever plans the enemies have prepared beforehand, hallelujah, God has seen it long ago. And you see, God, God will deliver you. Hallelujah. If you are someone who is a potential child, you are someone that you are carrying destiny. You are someone that God brought you into this world for a purpose. You are someone that God is going to make you great in life. I came to tell you that the enemy will always make plans. Because the devil is afraid, just like Herod was afraid, that Jesus was coming to overthrow his kingdom. In the same way, if you are a child of destiny, Satan is afraid that if he allows you to grow up, you are going to do something that becomes a threat to his, his kingdom. So Satan is going to make plans and ploys and schemes. But remember that we serve a God that sees the plans and ploys even before the enemy plans them. Hallelujah. And he's going to protect you. He's going to deliver you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you're a child of destiny, the devil is going to ah, We saw in the same way that when Moses was being born, what happened? What happened? He told them, Pharaoh told them that every child that is born, male child, what do you do? Kill them. Why? Because Moses was going to be the one who was going to bring deliverance. From where? From where? From Egypt. <laughs> so Moses was the one that God was going to deliver. Was going to use to deliver the Israelites out of bondage and captivity. In the same way, Jesus was the one that God was going to use to deliver us from the great darkness. Jesus was the one that God was going to deliver was used to deliver us from Egypt. That was the reason why the devil tried to kill Jesus. But the Bible said that God saw it before time, and He told Joseph that take the child and take him to Egypt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are taking him to Egypt to deliver them. Just as Moses was born. Ah, and he was 40 years. They tried to kill him. But God told him to run into the wilderness for 40 years. And when the time was up, God sent him back to Egypt to deliver the Israelites. So in this case, we can say that Moses was a typology of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When Moses was born, they were killing all the children. Can you imagine? All the male child, all the male children. When you, when you give birth and a child is a, is, is a boy, they will just kill him. How come God protected Moses? Because Moses was a child of destiny. I can tell you, if you're a child of destiny, God is going to protect you. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know this from a, subject, from a subjective experience. Hallelujah. Do, you know, do you know the number of accidents I've gotten? Do you know the, the number of accidents? Almost 20. Eh, I can show you all, all the scars are there. Hallelujah. Shall I show you the scars? Eh, may, maybe, maybe you don't believe. But all, all the scars are there. Eh? All the scars. Hmm? Eh, you see it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a lot of times, you see, and, and I travel from Accra to Kumasi, and most of you are not. When, when I sit in the other right, I don't like going to Kumasi. <laughs> you can see the scar. You see? Amen. Oh, the scars, these are, these are, basically. I can show you my teeth, even part, the top of my teeth, part of it is broken, several times. But you see, if you're a child of destiny, 
the devil will try his best. Mm. Have you seen it? Mm. The, the devil will try. will try his best, but the comfort that you should have is that you see, God is not going to allow you to die. God will only allow you to die if you, you come to a conclusion. It's, it's finished. <laughs> when you fulfill your purpose, then God will say, okay, it's enough. You can come. Hallelujah. But before then, you have to have this comfort. Eh? You, you see, that should give you hope. That should give you... Me, I've told myself that. If the enemy couldn't kill me those days, even when I was not serious, when I was just a child, what shows that he can kill me? That? The day that I will die, I know within myself that, that maybe I have fulfilled my, my purpose and God is saying that I should come. Hallelujah. Amen. That is it. That is it. Hallelujah. Amen. So he was saying, Herod has planned to kill the child. Herod has planned to abort the child. You know, the, the first ploy to kill Jesus Christ was by the Israelites. When I told you that the punishment for getting pregnant was for them to stone you. If they had stoned Mary, they would have killed Jesus Christ. But by some strange means, God delivered Mary. Hallelujah. I can't tell you that God is going to deliver you. Amen. By some miraculous means. If you're a child of destiny, just as Jesus was a child of destiny. If God has brought you into this world to deliver people, if God has brought you into this world to become a savior. Goodness. One other child of destiny that, that God delivered was Joseph. Joseph was a child of destiny. Do you know why? Because without Joseph, all his family members would have died from the hunger. So though his own brothers were trying to kill him, he, can you imagine? His own brothers that he has, that God sent him to, to deliver, they were the ones who were, who were planning to kill him. But God saved him. That's the message, one other message of Christmas that we, are, we have not taught. Okay, we only look at Jesus Christ and his birth. But today I came to let us know the other side of the story. That God is going to deliver you if you are a child of destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me end with this. <clears throat> now, now, he, he's saying something over here. That it might be fulfilled. Verse 15. So God told me, take the child to Egypt. When the time is up, I will call you out of Egypt. You see this in Hosea 11 verse 1. Where, where God said that, out of Egypt have I called my son. See, it is strange you. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Hosea 11 1. How, how did they know that? God, God, Hosea, that's almost 500 years before Jesus was born. He was telling us this, that out of Egypt have I called my son. How did he know that God was going to tell Joseph to, to take the child to Egypt? Secondly, this is what is called the law of double reference. It's a law of double reference because we can look at it in terms of God calling the Israelites when they went into captivity. Okay? God, God sending Moses there to bring them out of Egypt. So in this case, when God says, out of Egypt have I called my son, what he's trying to say is that he's going to call Egypt from, he's going to call Israel from Egypt. In the same way, we can apply it to Jesus Christ, because he's saying over here that the reason why Hosea said this was so that this prophecy would be fulfilled. That out of Egypt have I called my son. Hallelujah. 
let's let's finish up. Then Herod, when he saw that the wise men had mocked him, he was exceedingly wroth, that's angry. And he sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And in the course thereof, from two years and under, according to the time, are you seeing it? According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So it was the wise men that gave him the time. That the child would be approximately two years. That's why he told them that they should kill every child that is two years and under. Then, then was fulfilled that. How many times have you seen this word fulfilled in the Old Testament? Can you see it? Even this prophecy. <laughs> this prophecy that Herod was going to kill the children was even predicted by Jeremiah. So he's saying that that's, that it might be fulfilled by that which was spoken by Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet saying. And this always when we were in Sunday school, they used to read this part and I never understood that in Ramah was there a voice heard lamentations and weeping and a great mourning Rachel weeping for her children and was not could not be comforted because they were not you, you won't understand this <laughs> what he's saying is that Jeremiah prophesied in the Old Testament that in Rima Rima was a land okay the land was called Rima was there a voice voice heard lamentations that's crying and weeping great morning Rachel who is Rachel Rachel was one of Jacob's wives Rachel was weeping for her children and Rachel could not be comforted because the children were not and I'm ending with this why was Rachel crying? Rachel was crying because, and I'm going to give us three things, three things that would explain this verse, Matthew 2, 18, then I'll end. Rachel stands for the land of Israel. Now, the first reason why Rachel was weeping was because of what Pharaoh asked them to do to their children. So we saw that Pharaoh, Pharaoh made them kill all the children. So Rachel, who, whose descendants are the children of Israel, was crying. So she has become as called. We see, we say Ghana is our motherland, right? So Rachel was the motherland of Israel. So she was weeping for her children because the first, this one, Jeremiah was the one quoting this. So we can apply this to when Pharaoh made them kill all the children. So in the spirit, Rachel was weeping. Rachel's voice was lamenting. In the same way that we see Abel's voice crying revenge, the Bible says, and, the, and, and the, the blood of Abel, right, was calling for revenge. He said the blood of Jesus Christ speaks better than, things than the blood of Abel. So even when people die, their, their voices still speak. So here, in the realms of the spirit, Rachel was dead, but she was not at peace in her death because of what they were doing to her children. The second, the second thing that this represents was that when Rachel was giving birth to Benjamin, what happened to Rachel? She died. So she was, she was giving birth in pain and in lamentations. She died when she was giving birth to Benjamin. <laughs> 
And the third thing is, the third thing about this weeping and lamentation is when Jesus was born, when they called, when they killed all the children under two. They killed all the children under two. So he's saying that. Why? Why is he bringing this? Verse sixteen is saying that he calls all the children under two to be killed. Then he comes to verse seventeen that it might be fulfilled. Are you seeing it? So the weeping and lamentation of Rima of Rahel is actually in the fulfillment of the prophecy that all the children that were under two were going to be killed. I have given us three scenarios, and as I end, this is the creme de la creme of the message. The first one, let me even start from the first one. When Rachel was giving birth, when Rachel was giving birth, she had to die. For Benjamin to be born. When Moses was born, several children had to die because of Moses. <laughs> I was reading what is called the, the Antiquities of the Jews, written by one of the Greek historians, Josephus Flavus. And he was saying that the, the reason why the reason why the, the, the Pharaoh told them to kill the child was because the, the, the Egyptian sorcerers have told Pharaoh that there is a child that these Israelites will, will give birth to. If you don't take care, you don't eliminate the child. The child is going to eliminate your kingdom. So that was the reason why Pharaoh called them to kill all the male children. So it was the birth or the prophecy of the birth of Moses that necessitated the, the killing of the children. Here too, we are seeing the same thing. That the birth of Jesus Christ had necessitated the killings of all the children under two. You thought that Jesus' coming was cheap. It was at the expense of the death of some other children. You thought that the birth of Benjamin, Benjamin is the, is the son of my right hand. Who is sitting at the right hand of <laughs> So, the death of Rachel, when Benjamin was coming forth, was a prophetic declaration that there is a time coming when Jesus will be born, someone must die. <laughs> That's what's called divine exchange. You can't have it all. Someone must, buy, must die. In the same way, when I bring it into these times of Christmas, okay, next year we are, going to, we, are, we are going to a new year. I'm sure we are going to look at new year resolution and all those kind of things. You can't have it all. The flesh must die for the spirit to be alive. Hallelujah. In the same way, the children had to die because Jesus was going to be born. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. That's another way of looking at this message. That Rachel is weeping and lamenting. But Rachel, you have to understand that this crying and this weeping and this lamentation is necessary. It's necessary. And as we are going to next year, the message is that as you want your spirit man to grow, it's going to come at the expense of your flesh. You have to pray. You have to fast. It's difficult. Uh, you are going to weep and lament. But there is something inside of you. That's what Paul said. My little children, of whom I travail again in birth until Christ be formed in you. The formation of Christ in us comes at the expense of travailing and weeping and crying. Uh, just as Rachel was weeping and crying and lamenting. 
because Benjamin was going to be born. Benjamin meant the son of my right hand. In the same way, if you want something good to be built inside of you, you want to have a great future, then it will come at the expense of weeping and crying. You have to stay up and learn. You have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. You have to work hard. Uh, all because there is something that God has placed inside of you. There is this destiny that is inside of you. That destiny, the enemy is trying to kill that destiny. But don't, 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 be, don't, be, don't, don't be afraid. God is going to protect that destiny. In the same way, you have a part to play in the fulfillment of that destiny. And the part that you have to play is that you have to kill something. Rachel died for Benjamin to be born. The children of Israel died for Moses to be born. In the same way, all the children under two who were in Bethlehem had to die for Jesus to be born. I came to tell you, I came to tell you that there is something inside of you. There is this great destiny inside of you. And for it to be birthed something must go. That's a sacrifice. You can't have it all. You must sacrifice something for Christ to be formed in you. Paul said, my little children of whom I travel again in birth until Christ be formed in you. He said in Rima, there a voice was heard, lamentations and weeping, and great mourning. Rachel was weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they were not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go back into the land of Israel. For they are dead. Which saw the Katoso Tolaba. Let me end with this. He said, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the life of the young child. Hallelujah. The enemies that want you dead, you will see their death. Hallelujah. Herod made a mistake. He made a mistake. In the same way, if you look at the three scenarios that I gave you, what you can see is that it was Satan that was behind all of this. Because the same plan, killing all the children, Satan. Satan attempted several times to abort the purpose of Jesus Christ. But he could not. The Bible says that. For whom the, the prince of this world had been known. For if, if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified. They didn't know. They didn't know. As we are celebrating this Christmas, I know that we, we teach the Christmas story on the path of the birth of Jesus Christ. But when you carefully look at the, the situation and the circumstances surrounding his birth, there are a lot of lessons to learn from me. I can tell you that you are carrying something inside of you. Just as Mary was carrying Christ inside of her, 
made their targets to be destroyed by the enemy. In the same way, as you are carrying something inside of you, I know that the, you, are, you are a target. But remember that God is with you. That's what I say. And his name shall be Emmanuel. Signifying God with us. Hallelujah. So, Father Lord, we thank you this morning for your word that has come to us. So you have opened our eyes to the scriptures to see what was really happening. What was really happening. There was a lot more happening than Mary just giving birth. Because all the forces, Satan knew that when this child comes, Katalaba, he was going to deliver them from the shadow of death. He was going to deliver them from the darkness, from the joke. So Satan said, I'm going to destroy this child before he destroys my kingdom. Herod also said, I'm going to destroy this child before he destroys my kingdom. All the demons said, I'm going to destroy this child before he destroys my kingdom. But thanks be to God. The same way that the father protected the son. The same way that God is going to protect all of us. At the end of our lives, we shall also come to a conclusion that it is finished. We shall live and outlive our purpose. In Jesus' name, pray, thanks, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's clap unto the Lord. Amen. So this one, I was not even prepared. <laughs> Amen. God bless you all for listening. Amen.